Today's video is brought to you by storyboardthat.com. Please visit teachercast.net slash storyboardthat for a limited time offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 66th version of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here live as we are every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern on TeacherCast.tv. We have a great lineup tonight. Tonight we're talking all about Google Apps, but we're talking about the Apple version of Google Apps. Yes. So many people in the last couple of weeks as we've been going through our Google Apps salute and uh, talking about Google Drive and Google Docs and Google Spreadsheets and Google Classroom and all the great Google things. Somebody actually wrote in and said, I would like to know how to do this stuff on my iPad. So tonight we have a full lineup today of both human puppets and even some animated characters. And we're going to be showing you how to use those great Google Apps all of them are for free on your iPad with your students. You can, of course, check us out live on our website, techeducatorpodcast.com, where we have all of our archived podcasts. You can, of course, come over here and subscribe to iTunes simply by clicking on the view button here. You are going to iTunes where you can download all of our great episodes. We just updated our TeacherCast app, so you can go over to teachercast.net slash app. One thing that we don't mention here that I really, really, really would love to see that you guys do, and if you can, help us out, go over to iTunes. You can go to teachercast.net slash iTunes. Write us a review. We love it when people get reviews. It's not something that we talk about often here, but if you can, go over to iTunes, write us a good review, help us get up in the rankings a little bit. The more eyes that get onto TeacherCast and onto the Tech Educator Podcast, the more people we can help out. So thank you so much out there for joining us. Next week, by the way, I'm going to start with next week, we're going to be doing our big salute to Evernote in the classroom, and so definitely stick with us for next week. We have some great ways that you can check out here. We are, of course, live online, teachercast.net at 7 o'clock. And you can find us online at our Twitter address, Tech Ed Show, and leave us a message at feedback at techeducatorpodcast.com. Want to bring on our co-host tonight, Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you tonight? What is going on out in California with you? Well, I am doing very well tonight, Jeff. Uh, it's still early afternoon, even here in California, because we're so lazy, we're behind the rest of the world. And, you know, just been a, a mellow weekend of working actually incredibly hard trying to get a puppet done because I have so much else to do. I'm like, oh, I should really be building puppets. Yeah, that's smart. What about all those other things you have to do? They'll now, get done. Now, now Walker, do you mind if he creates yeah. other puppets? No, no, no. It's fine. You know. Wait, wait, wait a minute. 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 I have to yeah. stop. What is okay. that thing that's on your head, David? David, David, come on into the show. David Saunders, Google certified teacher. What are you wearing? I'm wearing my Boba Fett mask. Yes, yes, you are. Why are you wearing a Boba Fett mask tonight? Because Sam told me I had to. Sam, why did you tell him you had to? 
Because it was there. Also want to bring on the show tonight, Josh. Josh, how are you tonight? Doing great. Feeling so good I could just blast off. Oh, my goodness. We are having a ball tonight already. <laughs> um, wow. This is how we're starting off the show. Chris, please uh, represent New Jersey. Talk to us a little bit about how are things. By the way, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the 18th episode of The House at EdTech, go over to Mr. Chris Nessie. Chris, help me out here. Mr. Yeah, I'm here. Mr. Yes, you're gonna let you're gonna Mr. let me hang on this one. <laughs> Mr. Chrisnessy.com. And it's the House of Ed Tech podcast. You definitely want to check out episode 18. Uh, because I had Jeff Bradbury on. We talked all about teacher cast and music technology. And uh, what's what's that tool? The nanometer? The metronome. Yes. That's what you taught me two weeks ago. And I had uh, episode 19 released today. Nice. Who's on 19? Uh, a fantastic guest by the name of Patricia. And she is from St. Louis. Nice. So and she is uh, an ed tech integrator and specialist. And uh, she was fantastic to talk to. Nice. So definitely check out episode 18 of the House of Ed Tech. Wait, Chris, what? Chris, what is that? This is my new friend. Hi guys, I'm Nessie Jr. I'm, I'm so sorry, folks out there. <laughs> we're we're gonna move on with everything tonight. Again, I want to say thank you. Looks like we have a huge audience tonight in our in our learning lab, if you will, over at TeacherCast.tv. We are here live every single Sunday night. Tonight we're talking about Google Apps. Google has released a dedicated app for everything on their platform, and tonight we're going to. Uh, go through here and go one by one. I want to start at the top. Google, 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 that's better. Google Drive is, of course, a standalone app that is really turning into the hub for all Google ecosystem. Sam, you're going to be talking tonight about Google Drive. Tell us a little bit about some of those great features that Google has for Google Drive on your on your mobile devices. Google Drive is an amazing app in general, and when they first announced, hey, you get to take the work that you need to get to and store it somewhere other than on a three-and-a-half-inch disk in your pocket, I was really excited. When that came to desktop, it kind of revolutionized the way I taught at my desk. And when they did, like, integration where you didn't even have to upload things anymore, it would just automatically take things off of your hard drive, I thought, great, Google's just going to take things off of my hard drive without me knowing. That's phenomenal. You know, me, the NSA, we're all thick as thieves now. But when they rolled it out to the mobile device, this really made a difference for my classroom. Because in addition to being able to share work with my students, I could deliver it directly into their hands. Now, at my school, what we've got is a shared iPad set up for grades K through 3, which means we have a cart of iPads that travels from one class to the next. Last year, we didn't make any use of Google Drive because... I didn't know it had this really cool feature that will allow me to store many user accounts on one Google Drive. And you can actually control access to that by a simple four-digit passcode. So my all of my students have a passcode. It's their room number, which makes it really easy for them to remember. And when they take the iPad out of the cart, they log in with their passcode. It goes to their Google Drive. When they finish up with 
the, using the iPad on the cart, they upload their work to their Google Drive, and then they log out of their account. Now, this does require that each student pick up the iPad that is assigned to them. So there is one student who has iPad 1, another has iPad 2, and those persevere throughout the year. But basically, by having a multiple user interface on the app level, Google Drive has made it possible for all of us teachers who manage a shared iPad cart to save student work in a way where Bob isn't actually going to delete Joey's work and Cynthia isn't going to, you know, reset the iPad and lose everything that Joey has worked so hard to save. Sam, can you take us through a little bit and maybe do a demonstration of some of the great features that Google, Google Drive has for the mobile device? I really, really hope so. Let's give it a try. Sure. We're here looking at the Drive app on the iPad. First thing I want you to see is that you have the option of actually housing many accounts on the Drive app. If I were to quit out the, of the Drive app and come back into it, I think it's going to require my passcode. Nope, it didn't. But the way that I switch from one user to another in the Drive app is by entering a passcode. So once I select mine, I can go and that will bring me into my drive. On a shared iPad situation, this is amazing because it allows the teacher to recover the work that the students are doing easily. Now once we're in the iPad app, this button right up here, the hamburger or the three hot dogs, will allow you to choose between which view you're seeing, either My Drive, Incoming, Recent, Starred, or On Device. My Drive contains documents that I have created, folders I have created, some folders like the, this one that says Work Docs, you can see I have a shared, you can tell because there are multiple people on that folder. Other, once we get past the folders, we get into documents, and you can see some of these are Word style documents, some are pictures, some are presentations, these one with the play buttons in them, that's a video of some kind, it even says video there. So you can see that you can house and preview many different documents inside of the Drive app. That alone makes it incredibly useful. When you're looking at documents in Google Drive, you can see that there is this I button, that is an information button. So if I click on that, that tells me that for this folder, I have the option of sharing it, removing the folder, moving the folder to a different folder, starring it, that's a way to kind of highlight your favorites, rename the folder, or get the link. If I want to share this folder with someone, getting the link is one of the best ways to share that folder. If I click Get Link, it says Link Sharing is on, and it's been copied to the clipboard. And here I can see that Link Sharing is on, and anyone who has this link can view. So if I email that link to someone, they can open this folder, they can see inside of it, and everything in that folder will be available to them. Now, if I go to my menu here, we can see that there's also incoming, recent, starred, and on device. Incoming are all of the documents that have been shared with me. So here I can see that I've got a document that was just shared with me from uh, TeacherCast. It says, Sam is awesome. We'll see if there's actually any, and that is just a test. So thank you, Jeff, for sharing that great document with me, letting me know that you believe that I am awesome. Now, you'll see that this is actually, when I opened that document, it booted me from the Drive app 
to the Docs app, which is a specific app meant to help you open and edit documents on the iPad. And the Drive app really works as a traffic controller between everything you have and your different editing platforms that we'll talk about on the show. If I go to Recent, we can see what documents I've opened recently. Starred shows me the ones that I have specifically starred for organizational purposes. And On Device lets, shows me what images or rather what files I've stored locally. This is a student iPad that I've just signed on to, so I, do have, I have nothing stored on this device, thankfully. Now, when I share work with my students, it'll show up in the incoming files. So these things that their teacher sends to them shows up under incoming. That's a little tricky for them, and almost always when my students tell me that they don't have the document I told them I sent them, it's under incoming. Now, still staying in my documents, whoops, I'm going to switch over to my drive. Now, if we go over here, show you some of the other options. That's just a view option, so now I'm viewing it as a list instead of a preview windows. That's a preview window. If I hit plus, it'll show me what I can do. I can create an add a document, a spreadsheet, a presentation, a new folder, upload from photo or video, or use the camera. Usually, I use the upload button a lot with my students. Go to Drive, hit Upload, whatever we just sent to your camera roll, pull that into your Drive. That's how we end class, grades K through 3, as often as I can. If I tell it that I want a new document, a new spreadsheet, or a new presentation, it's going to launch either Docs, Sheets, or Slides. That's a basic intro to Google Drive. It's incredibly useful for getting to your documents on your mobile device and it's a wonderful way for teachers to support students on shared iPads by giving them places to save their work so their work doesn't get overwritten by another student or accidentally deleted by another student so that no matter which iPad they pick up they can find the work that they've been doing because it's been saved for them in the cloud. Thanks, I'm Sam Patterson and that was Google Drive on the iPad. So you can clearly see here that there's a lot of great things for Google Docs. And Google Docs used to be a standalone app with other apps into it. And let's talk about one of those apps that actually got taken out of Google Docs, and that would be Google Sheets. Um, Let's see, who's got Google Sheets tonight? Josh, you're going to talk a little bit about Google Sheets. Tell us a little bit about Google Sheets and what we can expect on our mobile devices. Sure. Um, I found that when I reviewed this and tested it out, it was, it was pretty neat and user-friendly, uh, albeit for, I think, two things that I find really useful um, that aren't there on the mobile device. And I think that's just a product of you only have so many options to choose from. There's only so much space. Um, and, and trying to make it as lightweight as possible. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Um, I'm actually using an Android device, uh, Samsung Galaxy S3 phone. And, and the product I'm using to to display this on my desktop is something called Mobizen. So you're going to see that in just a second here, if everything goes well. All right, everybody see that? Yes. That, that lovely photo in the background there. All right, so Mobizen is what I'm using to to broadcast this, 
and I'm connected through USB, but it actually works through Wi-Fi too. So it was, a, it was exactly what I needed to do this because I was searching for a while. So if you have an Android device and you want to be able to display it um, and do presentations with it, Mobizen is the well, really the only one I found that really did what I wanted it to do. Um, so keep that in mind. So let's go into Sheets here. So here is the app, the Sheets app, and it is really nice at first glance because it's like its own separate drive for just your spreadsheets. Um, so um, as far as organization, you're only going to see your spreadsheets, and by default it starts in your recent view. Um, you can also have starred as well um, there, or you can actually go back to Google Drive and then take a look at, at everything in your Google Drive there. Um, and I know Sam had his on the display for showing the pictures of, of the preview of everything, and that would be just these squares up here up top. And then that would show you generally what the spreadsheets look like. So I like, I like the list. I guess I'm weird like that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it comes back to the descriptive titles. Then again, here I am sitting with two untitled spreadsheets. <laughs> but... I was just playing around, as you can see, 6.23, 6.24 p.m. Central Time here. Uh, that was just me doing a little bit of testing on the side. So, so as far as creating is concerned, I noticed two things. I was testing also on my Nexus 7 tablet, and I was actually able to create um, an Excel file to edit in Google Sheets straight from the app, but that is not existent on my, on my phone. Um, so I'll have to double check that again, but that is what I saw when I was testing. So I thought, oh, that's really cool, uh, but my phone doesn't have that same feature. Uh, but I think that really goes in line with what Google Drive unleashed this summer, uh, the editing of Office files without having to necessarily convert them, which can be a pain with some of the formatting stuff. So I really need to really up the amount of time for screen timeout, but... Here we go. I'm going to click the plus sign on the bottom to create a new spreadsheet because I don't have enough of the untitled ones as it is, so we'll just start with the new one. And you get a very limited view because this is a device where there's not a whole lot of space. I'm going to try something weird. Did that go landscape for everybody? Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So this is what the app looks like. This is just the general, general interface. You'll see it's very minimalist. You can click on the top left to go back to the, the Sheets app. Um, and when you click in a cell, everything changes. So hold on, let me be out of a cell first. I just got to make sure it doesn't go to sleep on me here. Um, you have Undo and Redo on the, on the top right there, as well as Sharing, and then your additional options, which include Find and Replace, Share and Export, details, and then help and feedback, which I'll go through in just a minute. You don't have a whole lot of options right now. You have the basic view, some really just the share stuff and details, and then your sheet stuff on the bottom, which you can go th through, rename, and, and do the stuff you would like to do with your sheets, duplicate, make more, etc. Uh, you can also add new sheets with the plus sign on the right. And if you want to see all the sheets you have in your spreadsheet here, that would be listed when you click on those lines. Things change when you click into a cell. When you click into a cell, 
you see a little bit of a change, but it's actually a big change, the things that you can do. And this will actually lead into the things it can't do that I didn't like, but of course there are limitations to the mobile device aspect of it. So number one is this. We have these two blue handles, so if you're used to selecting multiple cells, this is how you do it, with, by grabbing the handles. So that is one way to do that. When you right-click, or, well, hold-click, sorry, I'm still using Windows mode, right-clicking, um, that's where you get options to cut, copy, clear, and merge cells, which works pretty nice. They all kind of meld together. Um, down below is where you have your formula bar or where you can input text. What I really like about this is that you can insert formulas pretty easily by clicking on, uh, tapping on the little FX, hmm. and then you can choose formulas right in there. And there's a whole bunch of them ready to throw in. That's cool. One that I thought was awesome that I just was playing with last night was Sparkline. It was awesome. I found it to be incredible, but it's not going to work until I, until I get some information in some of these cells. So um, what, this, what a Sparkline does, just to demonstrate it, is, it, is it's like a middle mini graph inside of a cell. So if I go ahead and throw in some numbers here, all right, and then when I go into my formula, if the data I choose, and this is another thing I don't like, is you actually have to uh, type in the cell references. I'm flipping to land the uh, portrait view so I can actually see what I'm doing, which is nice. Uh, so I think my data was in C415. All right, if I did this right... To get a spark line. There you go. So if we adjusted those numbers and we expanded that region, that line would change. Um, but obviously, that's just one aspect of the formulas that you can do. But the formulas work as they would. Now, here's one of my two major beefs. The thing I love about using spreadsheets is that you can take a formula and you can copy it down. You get that little handle in the bottom right. Well, you don't have that option on here. You can't copy a formula down. You would have to copy and paste it all the way um, every cell you wanted it in. So that, that's a bit of limitation of the app. The other limitation is uh, when it comes to formatting. Now, there are actually a lot. The formatting features really unfold quite nicely. Uh, when you click on the little A in the top, that's where you get your text editing options uh, as far as alignment uh, and font size, font type, text color. And then you can also do some things with the cells, like fill color, borders, and whether or not to wrap text number format. So there's a lot, of, a lot of the basic formatting options. The one thing I wish it would have had was sort. And I don't know if, if that's hidden somewhere that I couldn't find it, but I couldn't find any sort options. So that's another really great feature of spreadsheets uh, that's not in the app at this point. You know, one of the uh, best uses, I've got a boss who's in love with Excel and actually writes many programs using basic inside of Excel and totally... Mm -hmm will never be a fan of the Sheets app because it won't do the super advanced macros that Excel can do. 
But um, one of the things he did figure out was we actually use Google Sheets for our dismissal process at the school. And there is a sheet for inside one workbook, there's a sheet for each class. And mm -hmm. every kid's on that class. And when their parent pulls up to the uh, dismissal line, they have a number. And the person working the dismissal line enters their number in and it goes to the cell that contains that kid and it turns it blue. So the teacher up in their room is watching uh, the uh, spreadsheet on their board and they just have the one that's relevant to their class open and when they see kids turn blue they send them down to dismissal. That's great. I like the conditional formatting though. That's a good idea. It's, it's a pretty powerful use of it. The only hassle is there isn't like a single reset button. We essentially have to kill one version and respawn a whole new version of it each day. But we're working oh, on that. that uh, that reminds me of a project I just worked on with Sheets, and this would be more something you do on the desktop version, so it's kind of far afield from our topic of today. But basically, it, it solved that problem. I got a lot of help on it. Um, David Tess is like a guru with Google Scripts, helped me out a ton, figuring out a way for like a check-in, check-out system where all teachers had to do was fill in a form to send kids to this place called Academic Recovery where they can get help on missing assignments. And then when they needed to, when they turned it in, I just fill out another form with their name, and it removed them from the list. Ooh, I like that. It sounds so, like I might be able to use something like that. We were trying to use Sheets to build. We were actually using Sheets and Forms to try to build an inventory check-in and check-out so that when people borrow digital cameras or one of the laptops, they could just scan a QR code, enter their information, and go. So that maybe that'll help with that. Yeah, it's, it's sweet, um, and I, I want to try and fit on my own. Because he did a lot of the work, and I'd like to figure out some of some of the inner workings too to to make that a little bit tighter. So anyways, I think back. Oh, go ahead. one of the important things for people to realize is that the mobile app for Sheets, while it cannot necessarily create all of these documents, it can interact with most of them this way. So Sheets is one of those things where you can really build an interface that you can use on the mobile app, even though you might have to do some of the authorship on the desktop. Right, so Sam, when you have uh, the dismissal process happening uh, and you have uh, teachers out and the cars pull up, what are they using to input the, the numbers? Are they using this app or are they... Yeah, yeah. yeah. one's on his Android phone using the Sheets app. Uh, another one is on an iPad. I think we've got another person on an iPad mini at different points. We've had to make sure our uh, Wi-Fi is robust in the parking lot because we hadn't necessarily paid attention to that before. Right. Okay. So some real-world applications of these apps. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think Google Scripts would make for a great tech educator show in the future because there are some amazing things. And I must have said, okay, Google, because that went off. That's cool. There certainly and does seem to be a lot of great stuff happening on the Google Sheets app. And uh, we do have some questions for you, Josh, over in the chat. So um, please feel free to keep asking questions. Again, we are live here on TeacherCast.tv at 7 o'clock here every Sunday night. And I want to pass it over to David. David's going to be talking a little bit about some of the neat things that you can do with Google Slides app, aren't you, David? Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see how it works. Uh, I'm using uh, a different uh, mirroring software. I'm uh, using AirPlay, and it's been a little wonky, frankly, so it uh, kind of has been off and on. It seems to be pretty stable at the moment, so we're going to hope it's going to work well. So I'm going to share my screen, and let's run with it here. All right. All right, so I'm going to pull out my iPad. 
hopefully. All right. Y'all see my iPad screen right there? Yes. Fabulous. All right. I've got three young kids. Don't judge me based on my app choice here. Um, so I have the apps uh, or the slides app installed here. It's in the bottom right corner. And one of the things that I was thinking about when Josh was sharing was how far Google has come in uh, their overall design and how they're making everything uh, so much easier to use and the interface is so similar between apps. And so I'm looking at what he's sharing with Sheets. I'm saying, oh my gosh, it's really similar to the way Slides is set up too. But that wasn't the case maybe five years ago. A lot of these, uh, these programs that Google had were very, very different. And so I really like how they're pulling it all together under a uh, very similar design uh, aesthetic. So when I open up the Slides app, it, you know, I sign in. And once it connects to my drive, I have now access to this full collection of uh, presentations that uh, I have in my drive right now. These are the ones that I've created or ones that I've collaborated on uh, going back in time to who knows how long ago. And, and I can view this uh, as thumbnails. I can also click up here and I can view it as a list. So if Josh wants to look view it as a list, we can do that as well. Um, I prefer the thumbnails because I can actually see what, what I'm looking at. And as Sam was saying, within these, uh, I can, even though, we'll get to this in a moment, even though the, the creating power of this app isn't as robust as the browser version of it is, um, within any of these, I can open it up and I can edit them. I can work with them. I might not be able to create a presentation that's really media heavy uh, within this app, but I can certainly go through and I can edit one that is created in that way. And that's pretty great. Um, and so here we go. So if I'm going to create a new presentation, uh, very similar to Sheets. In the bottom right corner, uh, it's all color-coded. It's green for Sheets. It's yellow for Slides. Uh, I'm going to hit the here, and it's going to then pull up the interface for me to title it. And so you know, I'll, I'll type Tech Educator, and I'll create. All right, and so now very similar to the browser version of this, I'm going to have now the ability to, uh, to create my slides. So double tap on here and I can type in uh, tech, edu tech Educator, right? And then I can double tap for a subtitle, uh, Sunday Night. Great. And when I'm inside, when I have an active text box, so right now nothing is activated, nothing is in edit mode, and you'll see sort of up at the top right corner, we have the undo, the redo, we have the play or the present button, we have the share button, and then we have the three dots that open up uh, this right here. I'll get back to this in a moment. I'll push that out of the way. But when I highlight, when I activate a text box or text field, I have the ability to do a little bit of, uh, of editing. So I could say select the word tech and I could unbold it or bold it. I could italicize it or unitalicize it. I can underline it or ununderline it. And then right here is another button that gives me a few more options. Um, I can choose to change the font. Now, at the moment, it doesn't seem as though I have much more by way of options other than uh, this sort of handful that's right here. I don't have the full access to the entire uh, Google font collection that I do say when I'm working on the browser side of it, uh, but that's okay. I think, you know, uh, for the purposes of using this app, I'm probably not working on a finished, polished presentation, 
I'm probably working on creating the skeleton of a presentation. I'm working more on what the content or the sequence of the slides will be. And then probably at a later point, I would sit down at my desktop or my Chromebook and I would really work on trying to get the, uh, the look of it, you know, add the media, add the pictures, you know, add things like that to it. So I have, I have some options in the fonts, not a whole heck of a lot. Um, I'll go back. I can change the text size. I can make it bigger or smaller right here based on text size. I can change the color. Again, it's pretty basic. Uh, and I can then change the highlight color as well. So I can write, I like the word tech to be highlighted and boom. There it is. Great. All right. So I have my first slide, but you know, probably I'm going to be looking at creating more than one slide. So in the bottom left corner, you'll see the slide plus icon. When I hit that, uh, I'm given some options as to what I want the layout for my next slides to be. And so very similar again to the browser version, I could choose my title in two columns. I can double tap to edit the text and the content and I can you know, continue to build out my presentation this way, right? So once I have this presentation, you know, roughly where it is that I want, and at any point if I want to collaborate with other people, I can jump on here and I can start entering the names or the email addresses of people that I want to share it with. That's awesome. Um, and in addition, uh, so let's go back. Uh, when I'm in sort of the, the macro view of all the presentations, very similar to what Sam showed, um, when I open up the hamburger, which is what we call it here, we get the hamburger and we have the waffle, uh, which is the apps, uh, sort of that nine dot uh, apps icon. So I'm going to open yes. up the hamburger. And, Love that you call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can, I can elect to have presentations specifically saved on device. So as Sam was saying, if I'm in a place where Wi-Fi is questionable, if I'm working on an airplane or, or whatever it is, um, I can elect to have these presentations editable offline. And then when I'm in a place where I'm back in a Wi-Fi connected area, I can then sync them back up to drive, which is great. Uh, and similar to what we were talking about before in terms of organization, I can choose to star these presentations and then at any point if I were to access my drive from a browser or from a mobile device uh, and look through my drive list these presentations would show up within my starred filter. David. So I, I would say uh, this app is great for as I said creating I think the skeleton of your presentation. I could really see using this when I'm in a place and I don't have access to my Chromebook or my laptop or my desktop, but I really need to get some work done on preparing for a workshop or professional development event uh, to get some ideas out, rough it out, and then later come back to it. Um, my presentations, uh, I tend to really look at sort of the, the design elements of it. I look at color palettes and, and images, and I like to create my own images for it. That's not something that you could do with this app um, it's more focused, I think, on the bare bones of creating presentations, uh, and then uh, from there you can build upon them from the browser version. David, can you talk a little bit about that syncing? You said that you can take your files, and I noticed this is the same thing in Sheets and Docs and stuff. Mm -hmm. You can download them into your, I, oh, your, into your iPad or your iOS device mm -hmm. when you're offline, but then you can sync them up when you get back onto a Wi-Fi connection. 
do they then leave your iPad or are they still on the iPad's native hard drive? Um, that's a great question. I actually don't know the answer to that. My guess is that the moment that it syncs, it removes it from your iPad and just brings it right up to the cloud. But I actually don't know the answer to that. What advice do you have? And this is coming from uh, a few people here. What advice do you have if you want to be creating slides in this, but you want to add media such as videos or photos or anything of that such? Uh, my advice would be to use this app to build out the sequence and the content of what it is you're trying to communicate and then to bring in the video or the images uh, from the browser, from your computer or your desktop. So if you don't think this app has the capability yet to do that in a way that's satisfactory. So if you want to in include a, a YouTube video onto your slide, this is not the app to do it in or it's better to do it on the desktop? It is better to do it on the desktop, right? Because let's let's see here for a moment. Uh, I'm I'm looking at there is no uh, you know embed video. I could probably grab a link and you know and then uh, and copy and paste that link into here, but it doesn't but look that to would me, just be a link. Yeah. Like I can hyperlink text. Uh, to, 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 to jump out to that video. And it doesn't look like I, I could embed that video straight in. And so it seems to me like this isn't the best way to approach that. Nice. You know, it just came out a few weeks ago and, and I've been using it for a while. It seems like it's going to be a really good app. I'm really looking forward to the like version two or whatever the next big incarnation of these things are. There's certainly a lot of great potential there. We do have a lot of amazing questions coming in, so we're going to be manning the chat room here. I wanted to talk a little bit about Google Docs. And, you know, much like slides, Google Docs and Google Sheets, they're all running off the same idea. You can take your Google Docs and either have them in list view or what did you guys call it, the waffle view? You can have it set into this thumbnail view here where you can see everything you have. I'm going to go into a doc that I just created here called Sam is Awesome. And I, I shared it with Chris and Sam here. And you can see that when people actually do log into this, if you guys can log into that for me, um, just like any other Google Doc, it is shareable. It is it is. You know, other people can be using it. You can be collaborating on your iPad at the same time. You can, of course, hit the guy with the plus button up here, and you can see who's viewing it. Oh, Sam is going to start to talk. You can copy the link to the clipboard, which is really important. You can see all of your comments. If you want to click on the uh, the, uh, let's see here, you can start. You can do anything that you need to. If you click on the three things, oh my goodness. Um, you can and, and you know the one thing I really do like on here is the find and replace. So let's say you did have a doc that was you know a dozen pages or so, you can still use it on here and do a find and replace. I've been doing that a lot with my syllabuses where I changed 2013 to 2014, and that's been really really helpful for me. We can share and export. I love the fact that everything here sh shares and saves natively to Word. And if I wanted to, I can send a copy in any format possible. Sam, what are you doing? And this is why we don't give the puppet the iPad <laughs> on a live broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. So the one thing that I definitely want to get out of here from this show is that the Google apps, and there are a ton more. There really, really are a ton more. Um, 
are good. You know, use them. They're free. This is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, one of the apps that we didn't get to was the YouTube app. There's actually three YouTube apps out there for your iPhone and your iPad, if you believe it or not. And uh, we're certainly going to catch it up at a later date. But check out Google Slides. Check out Google Sheets. Check out Google Docs. And certainly check out Google Drive. And those are four great apps. We're going to have all of the... Um, the links to both the iOS and the Android version is going to be at teachercast.net slash TEP66 because this is episode 66. So teachercast.net slash TEP for Tech Educator Podcast 66. We have a ton of links in our show notes. And if you guys have any questions, um, we are going to be happy to help you out, answer them all. Walker, are you still on my Google Doc? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, guys, thank you so much for putting all these little demos together. One thing I wanted to end with today is that as we're going through this school year, there are so many amazing professional development conferences coming up. I wanted to take a moment and talk about a few of them. We, of course, just got done doing the Google slash Q Google Online Conference. That was absolutely amazing. I had a chance to present it, and I know David did. Um, but we have some other great ones coming up. And if you are out there watching, please feel free to throw the links out there. Peggy, I'm talking to you specifically here. Please throw some links out. We have the Global EdCon coming up. We have tons of Ed Camps coming up. We have Edscape coming up. Um, David, do you have any uh, conferences that you're going to be looking at in, in the future here that you might be presenting at? I'm presenting at the EdTech Team Google Summit in Connecticut next month. Nice. Excited about you. Um, Chris, are you doing? You, you're coming to EdCamp soon, aren't you? Crickets. Try that one more time. Yes, Jeff. I'll be at EdCamp New Jersey, Saturday, November 22nd, uh, at the beautiful Linwood Middle School in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Looking forward to that. I should see you there. November 22nd. It's going to be our third annual EdCamp New Jersey. And Chris, did you know that if you go to edcampnj.org, you can get a free ticket. And by the way, there's more than 200 tickets that have already been sold for this thing. So please check that out. Also, uh, we're gearing up for EdCamp South Jersey and uh, looking ready to launch that. Sam, you're actually going to be flying across the country for about six hours, aren't you? That's right. Uh, even before that, I'm presenting at Fall Q. We're going to be talking about uh, programming in the primary grades, one of my favorite projects right now. And at the end of November, I'm going to fly out to New Jersey for a discussion about project-based learning in Jewish day schools with the Covenant Foundation. And that has nothing to do with the fact that you're going to be coming down to see the babies, where we're also going to be having a discussion about project-based learning totally unrelated events would com- never use one to make the other happen the one thing i will tell anybody who's out there it is now we're recording this on sunday september the 14th and you guys can check me out there i believe october 1st is the deadline for your isti presentations so uh we're sitting here as a tech educator crew wondering what like what do you want to do how are we going to do things we will certainly have an isti show coming up to wrap up everything and and talk about all the great stuff that's going on. I see uh, Michelle here says in the chat room, Ed Camp Atlanta just happened this past weekend. We have some great friends. And uh, Tammy asks if anybody's going to Miami Device. And Craig is putting out a thing for the K-12 online conference, which reminds me, 
I have to put my video together. I'm going to be doing a presentation on teachers as creators. Sam, you're helping me out with that video, aren't you? Oh, yeah. In fact, I, uh, I created a dinosaur today. Maybe that'll help us out. And, and Walk is going to be helping me out with that video, too, right? Walk cannot wait. He's so excited, he's taking a nap to get ready right now. Nice. I love it when Walker takes a nap during our show. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for uh, spending time with us. Next week, we're going to be talking all about Evernote and some of the great ways that you can use Evernote in our classroom. This is going to be our third year talking about Evernote. And every time we do Evernote, we always have a big audience. Please invite your friends out. And every time we do Evernote, it always has lots and lots of hits for us. So please, please, please check that out. Coming up next is episode 10, I believe it is, of Brad Gustafson's amazing podcast, 30 Second Take. Check it out. It's going to be on right after we roll the credits for our show here. We are going to be back next week again to talk about Evernote. David. Um, Boba. Yes, sir. Where can we get a hold of you, David Saunders? You can get a hold of me at Design Saunders on Twitter. Check out Design Saunders. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Mr. G Fact of the Day on Twitter. Do you have a, a Mr. G Fact of the Day, by the way? I should ask you this every week. Uh, sure. I, I have one for you. Uh, the Patriots won today, so I'm really happy. Was there any doubt that they would? They were playing the Vikings. There wasn't much doubt. Yeah, they are playing most of the Vikings. Chris Nessie, where can we find you? <laughs> What? Chris, you're you're muted. Probably a good thing here. Chris. No, I'm not muted. I'm right here. There you go. Um, I'm at Mr. Nessie on and uh, the website, mr.chrisnessie.com. Nice. And uh, Sam, where can we find some of the great stuff that's happening in your neck of the woods? Well, I am at Sam Patui, S-A-M-P-A-T-U-E on the Twitter. And you can check us out on mypaperlessclassroom.com and edupuppets.com. There is a website that I want you guys to check out. And you know what? If you guys can be a part of it out there in the viewing audience, and if you guys in the Tech Educator crew can check it out, that would be amazing. It is called EdCamp Magic 2015. We're going to be actually holding an EdCamp on Disney property um, (gasps) next June coming up here. Um, Yeah. I, I, I'm so proud to be part of the planning crew for this thing. I'm really looking forward to getting down to Florida to see all this stuff and to hang out with it. Um, Ed Camp Magic, the only Ed Camp coming to the Walt Disney uh, Theaters. I, I tried really, really hard to have them refer to this as Ed Camp Frozen, but uh, they decided to go with Ed Camp Magic. So check that out. It's uh, the week of June the 5th. It's actually going to be happening on the 6th. I believe we're working on things like Behind the Magic Tours. You can see down here. Which way does this work? And so check it out. There's going to be you know packages for flights and for hotels. And, and you, know, if, if I, you know, look, even if you are working and you can come down on Friday and leave on Sunday, there are some great opportunities there. So check out edcampmagic.com. Have to say about that one stuff. Guys, it is 8 o'clock. Thank you so much again. Next week, we're going to be live again here on TeacherCast.tv with our salute to Evernote. Thank you all so much. We will see you next week.